Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Coaching Manual Show. We're joined by Lee Fletcher, who's been the author to some of the more recent content from the Coaching Manual. Thanks for joining us, Lee. What position do you want to be? Play from me. Well done, well done. It could be a good tactic for you. Well played. Okay, off you go. Go and do that thing. Go and score with this goal. So we're joined by Lee Fletcher. So I'm going to let this man introduce himself and some of the projects he's worked on. I'm currently working and coaching in Spain. I've done now for around five years, just over five years now. Um, before that, obviously, I was living in the UK and coaching and working as, as normal, as an everyday coach, if you like, um, throughout that process. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what more <laughs> to say, but yeah. So what made you go over to Spain? Um... I wasn't, too in, wasn't enjoying my job too much, um, I was in banking, I was doing coaching part-time at like a normal coach in a grassroots club um, and I, I had enough of my job and my girlfriend had lived in Spain already before, she lived in Tenerife, so we decided to, to pack up really and leave and, and, and make a new life for ourselves, um, it's probably the best decision I've ever made, if I'm honest with you, because what it's done is opened up more doors actually here than it did there. Um, so it's, it's been a great experience, yeah. Alright, so if we talk about Spain, where was the first place you started coaching? And do you want to put like a time scale on that from when you first moved over to right now? Um, I started, as soon as I, as soon as I went there, I started playing. Um, and I played a few games in what's called the Regional Leagues, which is um, the, the equivalent of what you would call the Counties Leagues here. Um, the standard was pretty good but I've always had a few problems with injuries since around 21 um, with hamstring injuries and hip flexors so I decided to get more involved in coaching and I started my journey at the same club I played at which is um, an amateur club in, in Madrid I then went and moved on to a primary school um, and did did a coach education coach ed thing and, and teaching English but in a in a football environment right okay then beyond that I started to analyse and I started to work with a professional analyst out there um, and and then I continued to coach on that along that journey recently we've just started to work with a professional club in 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 Spain again again teaching English in football but I'm still with the same club in that in that time period, I took a year out, which was like my pet Guardiola sabbatical, if you like. But um, because, to be honest with you, I was a bit disillusioned with the coaching experiences that I had there. So I took a year out and I started to really get involved in it, analysing then, and, and I did a lot more analysis from there. But yeah, that's been my journey. It's quite straightforward, quite linear, but it's actually opened more doors here than it did there, like I said previously. Because what's happened is I've, I've begun to work at different professional clubs here um, in the summertime doing soccer schools and leading tutor uh, as a tutor in in coach education and things like that to young 16-year-olds at a, a semi-professional club. So it's opened actually more doors here and I think it's been a good experience for, for that because the different experiences that I've had in Spain have transcended here and almost by accident because of the fashion of Spanish football, if you understand what I mean. Um, so it's, it's, been, it's been good so far. So when you say the differences, why, why don't you break those down? What differences have you brought back to the UK? I think it's understanding a, 
of culture in the game more than anything. I think people think Spanish football is all about Barcelona when it's not. It's completely not. Um, it's more, I'd say, industrial in terms of... Well, if you break it down, let's let's talk about like the formations. You talk about a 4-4-2 is a very basic British standard of philosophy. But it's actually the most pragmatic and the most used out there in Spain. And people don't understand that. They think they play as three-man midfields, but they don't. A lot of them do play 4-4-2 and are industrial and are quite big guys and do like to go a little bit longer than you usually think. So the comparisons there are quite similar, but where it's different is the cultural identity of individuals as well as teams and clubs. Um, there are more emphasis upon technical skills and actually there are a lot more command there than they are here. The old, here we ask a lot of questions to our individuals. In Spain, from experiences that I've had, it's been a lot more command. So even at five, six, seven years old, they say, you go there, you go there, no questions asked. Second is line ball. We play from cone to cone to cone to cone. As in England, we don't do that anymore. You know, And there's this misconception that Spain is the pinnacle of, of playing or coaching. And to be honest with you, it is. But they're actually doing older methods, but with repetition and with quality. Rather than here, you get vilified if you do any particular, like, for example, line ball or something similar. So I think the main, the main things that I've taken from Spain is, is culture. Um, I mean, one, somebody told me once that English don't do siestas. And it's probably the best, best piece of information I've ever, I've ever heard because it's true. Sp Spanish people are very different. They're not the same as English people. They do things later. They're probably more relaxed than us. And that is transcends to the football. So if you watch any Spanish team play, the build-up is a lot slower because it's a lot more controlled than here. If you watch the Premier League, it's back to front really quick. Turn the defence around and get at them. Up and at them, very British mentality. But in Spain, it's not really like that. Okay, so we've spoken about the culture of Spain. So how does that really what does that look like on a typical day does it differ to the UK in terms of uh, coaching training the duration of training the intensity um, I would say it's different in terms of they focus a lot more on basic principles with higher quality and the, the command of what the coach asks is very very strong as, like I said, here, it's almost reversed itself where we're giving a lot of autonomy to children. That's a great thing, I believe in that, and that's probably one thing I tried to take, actually, to, the, to Spain. But the way they train is very, very... I mean, at the top clubs, I mean, I've watched Real Madrid and they're very game-orientated, but if you go to Rayo Vallecano, it's completely different. They do a lot of line ball, a lot of technical drills, repetition over and over and over again. In terms of the personalities and, and, and dealing with children, again, it differs from club to club. An amateur coach would be very strong, very strict with the kids. So what they'll do is they, might, they may shout, they may not criticise, if you like, um, a, a child in front of parents. And the respect there, it's, it almost becomes a demand. And Spanish football now is about winners. They want winners, you know, and that's what they want. Mm. But they teach them how to win, not to win, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
So that idea is they have standards and you need to meet them standards. And I think that's rubbed off on me, in fact, is, is we have a set of standards and we need to meet them standards and everybody needs to be on the same page, but you need to be developed and, and helped through that. Um, that's probably the most of what I've taken back from here. Cool. Yeah, it's a lot. All right, so you've just passed your UFB licence. Yeah, yeah. How was that experience? Um, it was good, yeah. Um, interesting. It was, I mean, I learned a lot, but I learned more about myself than the actual course because I was, um, I've had very, very good mentors throughout my coaching career. Um, Paul, obviously, and um, Kieran Smith, who, who lived in Spain and had a good relationship with. And there's a few more good coaches that I know who are actually higher level coaches than me. So my mentorship has been excellent. So in terms of the, going back to the course, it, I learned a lot, but it was more about myself and my personality and dealing with individuals than actually, okay, this session works. A good thing about the B was more the organisation. I think the organisation of sessions was excellent. And I think that was a big thing for me, is that maybe my, because in Spain, we don't really, well, from, again, from the experiences that I've had and myself, we don't really organise sessions in a, in a sense of, okay, there's your leading and there's your small-sided game or your phase of play. We might do a very high technical drill like a rondo or, or maybe, again, line drills and things like that or possession-based work or pressing-based work. But it would then transcend, but it wouldn't be a leading, if you understand what I mean. A rondo is not a leading it's a highly te technical drill with excellent tactical work in there, but it's it's nothing to do with, in terms of the game, it's not a phase of play, it's not a function. What is it? We don't know. It's a case of understanding where you should be positionally as well as possessionally. So, so within that information, you're coaching within the rondos, and, and there's loads of debates around rondos and, like you say, fashion and things... The key for the, for the players then is not just the technical information, it's that on a pitch, this is where you will perform this because then whatever you classify it as is irrelevant because the players know where it fits on the pitch. Is that um, what you're saying? Yeah, I think... I mean, we could have a massive debate about Rondos and to be with this, this interview would last for about six hours if we had this because <laughs> it, it would be a back and forth because... And to be honest with you, even though I'm quite... I would say I'm quite experienced in the Rondos because I've seen so many... And again, I mentioned Kieran. If you speak to Kieran and you get to see some of the work he's done, he's absolutely phenomenal with the information. He can t tell you anything, you know, about the rondo. From my experiences, it's all been about penetration and about understanding of when to penetrate in a correct position. It's not about possession. So if you think about a rondo and you think about, for example, a 6v2 or a 4v2, the reason why there's two in the middle is to actually look at three different passing lines. So passing line number one would never really bypass the defence. It would be what we call la pausa, which is the pause. We wait for the moment. Line ball, line, passing line number two would go around the defence, so we're not going through, we're going around the defence, so if you imagine going from a centre-back to a full-back, that would be line two. And line three is actually the penetrating line, which is the critical line, and that's the line we're trying to create. So one and two actually help three, and that's what a rondo does. It's about understanding when, not how, when to do it. But then you can go to the how, because then you look at maybe the technical work of passing, 
passing first time, control, touch, these little things. And then if you look at the flip side, you can look at the defence. So Diego Simeone is probably the best defender of Rondos. Why? Because he trains it like a machine. If you look at his 4v2 or 6v2 defending when he's working on defence, it's unbelievable. You can never get through them. You can get around them, but you can never get through them. And that's why they are probably the best, in my opinion, probably the best Spanish side this year and in the last few years because they're bringing a, a style of play which is unusual in Spain because they're defending the Rondo. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. It would be very, very interesting when you see Barcelona play Atletico or Madrid in the Champions League. I think it would be an unbelievable contest because you'll see that the Rondo, in inverted commas, versus defending the Rondo. And that them clashes are, are fantastic to watch. And it's been interesting, really, to see this type of work. And again, you know, it's not possession. Get away from that. It's nothing to do with possession. Well, of course it is, but it's nothing to do with possession in the sense that it's not trained to do possession. If you ask any English guy, and I don't want to be critical to English coaches, of course, because I'm English myself. If you ask them what a rondo is, what's the answer? What is the answer? Possession. Well, no, it's not. It's position. It's technical work. It's understanding when and where to do things. And that's why you see a lot of Spanish coaches practice that because it's juego de posición. It's positional play, not possession football. And we need to switch that mentality in the UK. It's not It's not about possession. It's actually about position. And I'm rambling on, so... <laughs> no, it's great. The level of detail is brilliant. I think just from that level of detail, our listeners may recognise your name from being associated with our analysis pieces that we do on a weekly basis so you were mentioning about the, the rondors there um, when you do the analysis for the coaching manual yeah what kind of aspects of play do you look for well I think I think analysis now gets a lot bogged down with um, numbers and and I don't quite agree with that because numbers don't sign, don't mean anything in terms of what actually happens on the football field of course they give us a good reference point but they don't actually don't actually see how the game plays out for me when I when I analyse games and if anybody's read my stuff with the coaching manual or otherwise it's about how the player or the team impact the game and what and, and what is the style or what's been a key more tactical change than a, a technical or a physical thing so I mean if you look at my my analysis of, um, of a player from Rio Vallecano's Roberto Tresoras, it was 85 pages long. And how many running stats did they have on it? Zero. Because it was about the player and it was about the impact that he had. So going back to what I look for, I, t- I tend to look for how the game plays out, what are the strengths or the weaknesses of a team and how they can impact um, the, the game, if you like. I had a good help with, um, like I said, some some Spanish analysts and they would have been excellent because they do focus more on that than here. It's a lot about stats and about what is his jump percentages, what's his high sprints. and Okay, they're significant and they mean something, but how do they impact the game? Yeah, of course, yeah. Because if you're talking about how many... I mean, now if you look at it now, you say, okay, um, let's look at yesterday's game and you say, like, City made 404 passes, for example. But what's the significance of them passes? Where did they go? What did they do? How did they penetrate? What type of pass were they? Who made that pass? Who made the most passes? Who did the most successful passes? 
we did a piece the other week, didn't we, Gerard PK did like 99% completion rate. What did it mean? Well, it meant that the team that they were playing, Atletico, actually dropped off and allowed him that space. So then it becomes, what's the meaning in the game? Not that he just completed 98% of his passes. I think that's the most important thing that I would take away. All right, well, you do um, analysis for the coaching manual and we hope you're going to be doing a lot more pieces for us. Uh, where else can other uh, people find uh, analysis pieces from you? Your Twitter, right? Yeah, so it's Rhinus Philosophy, um, at Rhinus Philosophy. The reason why is I started a blog because um, I wanted to add some, some things to say and I thought, uh, what better platform to say them on than a website? And I got a lot of help with, um, with a good friend of mine. Um, and yeah, you can read my stuff on there. I also do a bit of work with another Spanish site, which you can find the links through my Twitter feed. But to be honest with you, yeah, mainly Twitter. I'm not on Facebook or anything. I don't. I've tried to stay away from social media a lot. And Twitter is the main one that I've, I've worked work from. Yeah. Cool. From, I mean, there's many, many different understandings of Rondo. So I mean, from my interpretation of it, it would be a positional based exercise that has an overload of players within a particular area. So my rondos, and I've seen others, I only work within rectangles because that's significant to the play. So it could be anything from a, a 10 by 15 or anything in terms of a, a specific space. You'd also work with on a, a micro to macro system which what I mean is that you would look at the bigger picture of the game and you would work within a specific area which would allow particular positions so for example you would have if it was a, a centre back he would be in his centre back position and what is the association well he's not going to really work with maybe a right midfielder you know he might work with a, he might be the right side or he might be the left side so what is the area of the field that we work on and we work within those so it'd be left back, left midfielder, centre. Yeah, you could you could do left back, left right back. Yeah. You know, if you want to scale it up in the centre midfielder, what type of centre midfielder as well mm. is is it a defensive centre midfielder, is it attacking centre midfielder? So we tried. To, I try to look at specific positions. It's directional. It's a directional exercise. So you might go from centre back to centre forward. You might go from centre back to centre midfielder, and you can adapt it. In any way that you want. The biggest thing I would say about a rondo is, what is it? It's not a possession-based exercise. It's not just to keep the ball. It's to hold positions to look to penetrate. And that's how I interpret it. And other people might interpret it however they want to. That's fine. But as a coach, you have to be an individual. I think that's important. And secondly is, how does it impact the game? Because if it has no impact, then clearly... It's not necessary. So the, the most common one that you'll see is on YouTube is 10v1 or 10v2. 10v2. How often does that happen in a game? <laughs> it doesn't. What is it? What is that one? It's a warm-up. That's a warm-up. That is not a rondo. It's not called a rondo. It's called a warm-up. So please, whenever you see a 10v2 rondo, in inverted commas on YouTube, it is not a rondo. It is a warm-up. <laughs> and understand that. And then you can go into detail, some great work on YouTube, if, if I'm honest with you, or if you get the opportunity to go to Spain and look at these people work, or look at great people, like I said, Kieran, you know, Paul, you know, people who understand 
the game and understand the, the importance of it, then how that can how that can help you as an individual as a coach and help your team to understand the game a little bit better. I think that's in England we we fall short is that we don't quite understand the purpose of it. We see we see it and it looks excellent and we see Bayern Munich and Barcelona and then we go and take that to our under tens team and that under ten teams tries it and one touch passes and they haven't got the technical abilities maybe yet to actually practice that. But it's a great technical tool as well. It's a great social tool. I mean if you've ever been in Piggy in the Middle, we used to call it when we were a kid. It was amazing, weren't it? Everybody passing around, you pass around, you then pick up the ball and you clap and go, hey, and do 10 press-ups. <laughs> it was a social activity and you never wanted to be in the middle. And that's a great, it's a great thing, yeah. What position do you want to be? Play from me. Well done, well done. It could be a good tactic for you. Well played. Okay, off you go. Go and do that for me. Go and score with this goal.